No, so I think ultimately when it comes down to it, this this is something that Satan is really, like you said, he's eating our lunch. It's, he's had a heyday destroying marriages and he uses images and something that honestly the world is trying to tell us it's okay. And you'll see sitcoms where they're like, oh, porn. It's And it's funny, it's made light of, but it destroys marriages. Yeah, it it's destroys life. Funny that you say that because I love the show Reba. Mm -hmm. and um, the ex-husband, it is crazy when I paid attention to it how many um, references they made to him in pornography, um, like on his computer and stuff like that. And it's a wholesome, no, it's not that old, but it's like, I don't think maybe. Well, Friends is that old, and they talk about it all the time. Yeah. And it's just funny. Oh, it is. It's funny. Yeah, it's It's the norm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's just normal. Yeah, it's crazy. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. So, and that's the other thing. If you are a female, I can only speak for a female, but if that is something that your husband comes to, I'm sorry, but you got to know he's not the only one. It actually is unfortunately very common. And so it should bring some sort of, what's the word? Like just not, (laughs) not encouragement, but you are not the only one. Your husband's not the only one. Um, You will get through it, but you have to choose to fight. Welcome to the Marriage Unfiltered podcast. My name is Lisa Carter. My name is Jeff Carter. Hi, I'm Alyssa Field. I'm Brian Field. And we're just four broken people. Trying to help broken people. Exposing what marriage really is by removing all the filters. Last week we talked about sex and marriage and then we started talking about um, what gets in the way of sex and marriage. And one of the things we touched on a little bit last week was pornography. Um, so once again, we want you to be aware of sensitive ears because we're going to get pretty real. Um, but take notes if you have to, we'll put stuff in the show notes and, um, we're going to talk about pornography. And we warned you guys from episode one that one day we'd go here and here we are. So hold on to your hats guys. (laughs) And we're, we're just going to scratch the surface. Absolutely. And, and I just want to encourage guys that after you listen to this, you need to, we always say you need to get with other men and walk in accountability. So guys that are in Midland, um, we, we have a men's group that meets on the second Saturday of every month. And this is something that we discuss pretty regularly. And, uh, you know, by being able to be open and honest and, and, and putting it out there so that there can be, it can be in the light. Um, that's the only way that you're going to, you're going to get to the point where, um, God can, can free you from it. So find a guy, go have coffee and be real. Yeah. If you want to get connected with that group, email us at marriageunfiltered at yahoo.com and we'll get you connected with the guys, um, in one form or another, or here's Brian's home number. It's, (laughs) I was like, here's our address. Or even if you would like to talk to Alyssa or I about walking through that, um, We'd be happy to do that. So let's get to it, guys. 
Corn is a global estimated $97 billion industry, with about $12 billion of that coming from the U.S. Good grief. In 2019 alone, the equivalent of nearly 6,650 centuries of porn was consumed on the world's largest porn sites. 40 million U.S. adults regularly visit internet pornography websites. 10% of U.S. adults admit to having an addiction to internet pornography. 17% of all women struggle with porn addiction. 20% of men and 13% of women admit to accessing porn while at work. I just think that's a very low percentage, but I guess that's the percentage of people that have actually admitted to right. it. Right, I think that's the biggest thing. Studies have found that when people engage in an ongoing pattern of self-concealment, which is when they do things they're not proud of and keep them a secret, it can not only hurt their relationship and leave them feeling lonely, but can also make them feel more vulnerable to mental health issues. In fact, a number of peer-reviewed studies have found a link between pornography consumption and mental health condition outcomes like depression, anxiety, loneliness, lower life satisfaction, and poor self-esteem. These studies have found that these links are particularly strong when pornography is consumed to try to escape negative emotions, and also when pornography consumption becomes heavy and compulsive. This is interesting. Even moderate porn consumption is correlated with shrunken gray matter in parts of the brain that oversee cognitive function. Wow. I've got one more statistic for us. Yeah. Start over. The statistics for Christian men between 18 and 30 years old are particularly striking. Particularly striking. 77% look at pornography at least monthly. 36% percent view pornography on a daily basis 32 percent admit being addicted to pornography and another 12 percent think they may be Hmm. so between the eight ages of 18 and 30 years old 77 percent look at pornography pornography at least monthly and that's men willing to admit it that's exactly what i was about to say i bet you that statistic is skewed a little bit because of shame Because of desensitization to pornography, pornography consumption can escalate every bit as much as substance abuse or any other addictive behavior. So I feel like kind of the base is pornography and it tends to lead to something else. Do y'all agree with that? It's, It's the gateway. Yeah. Drug. That's one thing that I was not aware of, that it leads to things like hiring prostitutes or... I mean, it doesn't have to be exasperated to that point, but, I mean, affairs. Or the type of pornography that you're watching. Oh, that's true. You know, yeah. different, you know, I don't know, the different severities yeah. of it. But but there's, I'm sure there's severities of pornography. I know, well, I, I mean, obviously there are. It escalates, yeah. Yeah, escalates that are disturbing, and I'm sure it can lead to prostitution or I, I have struggled with pornography. I definitely have an addiction to gambling that I struggle with. This year has been tougher than previous years, and we've talked a little bit about that in the past. You know, addiction, waking up in the morning and wondering what games are on when. If I had $500 here, could I turn that into $2,000, blah, 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 blah. Waking up in the morning, 
you know, how can I get to my phone? When, when can I get to the bathroom to look at some image? You know, that's an addiction and that needs to be discussed. And I, but pornography is, you know, men, men are, uh, I believe this is correct. Biologically wired. Our eyes are connected to our genitalia. Is that correct? <laughs> Our nerves. I would say yes. Uh, Doctor Jeff. That. And and women's ears are are connected. What? Man, I w- you know what? Right. That's I've the heard, thing I love I've about heard. Jeff is I constantly learn things, <laughs> whether accurate or not. Yeah. All right. And hey, you know what? It, it's the audience. Go- if he says it, it's yeah. the gospel. That's right. I have heard that guys are wired through their eyes. Yeah. Like, <laughs> just yeah. wired, not, not, not necessarily not directly to their. <laughs> it may seem like All right. reproductive All right. organs, but I will I, confess <laughs> that it does feel like that my <laughs> eyes are wired to my genitalia. Yeah, we'll say that. Are <laughs> 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 oh, we gonna have to edit this? This is good. <laughs> this is All right. So, but point being it was good is, serious. I, I, w- what I want to say is a challenge to men. All men deal with lust. And so you either deal with lust or you're lying about dealing with lust. So if you are walking, I'll say, you know, whatever. If you're walking with a man who says, yeah, I don't have a real struggle with lust, Why? I wouldn't walk with him. I, I, I would be a friend with him and we can we can go to games and have a beer at the bar or whatever. But I wouldn't, he would not be a, a confidant for me because he is lying to himself and he's not comfortable in his own skin. Do well, you agree with that? Yeah, and I, I think that's probably why there's such it's such an epidemic or a, a problem, especially in the churches, because yeah. there's been so many people in the church that have not been honest about it. Yeah, there you go. I mean, lust, lust is uh, desires. That's something that God gave us. However, we are wired. I'll say, you know, when it comes to pornography, you know, the the lie that we are told is that you know we are we are winning we 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 have a success you know there's a conquest involved you know in 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 being able to view pornography and satisfy ourselves and that's we we all know that that's a lie and and we need to sit down and individually look at what that does for us there is a scientific release of you know, dopamine or whatever that happens that is this drug that, you know, makes you feel good after that. And then, you know, real life hits and you've got this shame and embarrassment and there's a whole shame cycle when it comes to anything, but pornography as well, where, you know, you can get into shame and shame leads to depression and depression leads into. Can I share it? Oh, you got it. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah, go ahead. So first temptation, lust, Act, guilt, bound and weak, and then temptation again. There you go. Yep. And that's the crazy cycle of that, right? There you go. Yeah. That's that's the crazy cycle of shame and the crazy cycle of addiction. Of addiction. Yeah, yeah you're yeah. right. Addiction. Thank you. The crazy cycle of addiction. So I go through that with gambling, one hundred percent. We'll post that in the show notes for you. Yeah. There you go. Um, but. As a as a person, generally a man speaking here, but as a person, we need to really evaluate what we're needing to give ourselves to for for this simple gratification, uh, and and it's a powerful thing. I mean, kingdoms in history have toppled 
because of male gratification. Yeah. And it is a very powerful thing. But you as a person, you know, all, the males that are listening to this, just individually look at yourself as to what you are trying to medicate. What are you looking at in your life that that requires that type of gratification? Mm-hmm. And a lot of times it's loneliness. I'll tell you that, whether it's with your spouse or just in life in general. And you're not a loser. You're not a loner or anything like that. You are just Satan has you in a lonely place. Yeah. I mean, it's not just loneliness, but it could be anything. It could be stress at work. It could be, you know, anything you're trying to get away from. It's just that false, not false reality. It's just the, it's that false high that you think you're going to get from doing that. Yep. So again, just the motives that are involved and what could possibly be substituted instead of that, you know, what are the thoughts that I need to go through with my gambling to say, you know what, that is not worth it. The risk is, is not there. It's not going to mean anything five minutes from now. And, and, and then ideally, you know, you have someone that you're walking with or a group of men you're, you're walking with that you can send a text to or a call. Brian and I are here. We're always open to have discussions over that stuff. We want a path to victory when it comes to that stuff. And, you know, just, just hope you can reach out, I guess. Well, one of the things you said earlier was that we were told by a counselor that it's not about the woman. It's not about the spouse in that moment. And that's where you're saying, like, in that moment, take a minute and think. And maybe it should be, it should be about me. It should be, okay, what am I going to risk? What am I going to lose? Mm-hmm. What am I sacrificing for this gratification? Is it, is it sacrificing an evening where I could have true satisfaction with my wife? Is it sacrificing her um, security and confidence? Is it su- sacrificing her ability to trust me or his? Um, and so take a minute and do include them in that thought process. It's really hard because Satan really tries to guard you from thinking about that. I'll, I'll say another challenge that has been helpful for me with when it comes to pornography. And again, I have fallen, so this hasn't been perfect, but I've got three daughters and what you're looking at, you know, that's someone's daughter and just rationalize that that is your daughter that you're looking at. If you have a, if you have a or daughter, it's someone's daughter. Yeah. And, and you know, I don't know, I get shame on you if you can do that and still follow through with that, that sucks. And you really need to reach out to us and we will, uh, you know, I'll please understand that I'll be upset with that situation, but I'll still be there for you. And Brian will still be there for you. And we have men on our team that'll be, uh, you know, we're part of a team that will be there for you with that, but do something that, that, you know, throw the phone in the pool Tell your wife you have to go buy a new phone or something. I don't know what you got to do. I don't know. I, I think one thing that's, that's, that's uh, helped me in, in my struggle with it is, um, you know, in my quiet time every every day is like that's part of my prayer. It's got, making a covenant with the Lord. Because I, I do think that making a covenant is one of the most it, – it's one of the most powerful things that you can do. And it's also one of those things that you don't want to enter into a covenant with the Lord and then break it. And so I intentionally pray every morning is like, God, I promise you today 
that I'm going to keep my heart pure and I'm not going to look at pornography. And I say that in my prayer every, every day. But this is fairly This is new. recent. Like, yeah. And, and so that when I'm in, put in a situation where I'm like, I could look at it if I wanted to probably, or, um, that then I just think of, I promised God that I wouldn't do that and I can't break a covenant. Mm. And so I don't, I don't know if that helps, but that's what's helped me. And, you know, we're talking about a lot of potential solutions, but the simplest solution is to just, is, you know, you're, you're wrapped up in it. Just turn away. Just, just that ever so slight, turn of the head or just turning your phone upside down or whatever you got to do, just that little act of defiance against, you know, this sin that Satan has on you, you know, it can be huge towards the recovery of that. Yeah. And it's so easy to say and so hard to do. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well, that's what I was going to say. I think that you can't just, you know, just turn your head away. It doesn't, that, I don't, I mean, it may work, but I feel like the addiction is so deep and so long that it's not something that you can just, you know, look away. It just doesn't work that way. You can be intentional with your eyes. Yeah. And, I'm, and that's I th- just like the first step. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, that's true. But, but I mean, I think you have to safeguard with phones. You have to, if you cannot yeah. handle yourself, well, yeah, get a, a flip right. phone for yeah. crying out loud. Yeah. And we have, Brian has some blockers on his phone. And yeah, it slows his internet down or whatever, but it, it, he, you say it helps, right? Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. So you have to just like anything, any addiction, you have to make changes in order for anything to change. Cause anything that I look at on my phone and that's the only place that I would ever have access to that is Alyssa sees. So it's not like she's spying on me. Like if I go to inappropriate content, it shows on her phone. Yeah, but you 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 can turn your head. You can be intentional with your eyes, and and I have to do it every time we go to the gym. You know, like you have to be intentional, and you see a girl, and you can realize okay, and you can look away. And that's crazy that it's that in your face all the time. But like it's, you can't look it's at everywhere. Any girl. It's everywhere. It is society everywhere. They put it on blocks of cheese. Well, you talked about marketing That's true. earlier. Yeah, I mean, pornography. The porn industry has has realized that they could start targeting young boys as early as seven years old, and then they realize we're only reaching half the demographic, and that's why there's the jump in females viewing pornography now. Is they they realized, oh, there's a whole other demographic of gender we're not reaching. And so they've started attacking females, and it comes out in the most subtle ways. Women, we're not standing in line at the grocery store ogling pictures. We're um, thinking about this novel where that we read or listened to or whatever, where there's a, a romantic encounter and you get caught up in, in it's through our ears. It's the storytelling of romance, and you get caught up in it. And I know there are some women who are a lot more visual, but... Um, that's just not where we typically get caught up, but the porn industry figured that out. The, and so they know the porn industry in 2013, um, the NFL has jumped dramatically in its, um, GDP, you know, gross, gross profit. So gross revenue 
uh, the porn industry in 2013 was I don't I can't recall the number, but I do know that it was more than the NHL, the NBA, Major League Baseball, and the NFL combined. And in my life of pornography, I bought some Playboy magazines back when I was 12, 13 years old. I haven't spent a penny on it since. There is tons of free porn out there. Yeah, and they're still making And they're bank. still making more, well, as of eight years ago. I would assume it's gone up, but maybe technology, there's more. For, I, don't, I don't know. But eight years ago, it was more than all the sports in the United States combined. Wow. And I'm going to say something bold that the world doesn't want to say, and that is there's not a single little girl who says, when I grow up, I want to be in porn. And so those women are enslaved. And they may think that they're choosing it. They may tell you that they're choosing to do this. But anybody in the sex industry who is the subject of being viewed for sexual gratification, they are not doing that by choice. They may right now think, oh, that's where the money is, whether it's whatever the industry is. They would all choose a different industry if they could make that kind of money doing something else. And challenge me on it. I dare you. But nobody wants to be ogled and used as an object. And when the, when men view women in that way, it assaults every woman. All of our beauty is assaulted. Because we're all being subject to being less than human. And only used for our, our looks and our bodies. And then for those of us who aren't in that industry. And you guys are choosing to look at that woman. It's even worse. It's like... You, you need to find somebody else to look at to find beauty when we're right here offering it to you. Mm-hmm. And, it's, and, it's, and it's assaulting and it's, it's dangerous. Yeah, I totally agree. <clears throat> what I've seen is that, I mean, I haven't seen that much. I don't know that much, but it doesn't stop with pornography. Right. I mean, that's the beginning. And then it always has another outlet it's a deep seedy world according to a nationally representative survey 84.4 percent of 14 to 18 year old males and 57 percent of 14 to 18 year old females have viewed pornography according to a recent report by the bbfc 75 percent of parents believe their child had never encountered porn but of those children 53 percent reported that they have seen porn According to research by NSPCC, of the adolescents who have been exposed to porn, 28% were first exposed by accident, 19% were unexpectedly, unexpectedly shown pornography by someone else, and only 19% searched for it intentionally. According to a 2020 survey, approximately 45% of teens who consume porn did so in part to learn about sex. Yeah, we were when we were walking with high schoolers um, at another church. We went to a summer camp. People are just coming to Lisa and I these these kids for whatever reason, and you know we were just helping. We weren't the leaders, but we had just bonded with the kids, and we had about five or six confessions. And there's a guy that goes to a high school here, and like a, a kid's just got all this magazines, DVDs, whatever just in his trunk and you go out after school and five bucks here, this, that, or the other. Oy. Talk to another kid who just was addicted. I mean, he was 17 years old and he confessed that he is addicted to pornography at 17. 
and how sure. many years ago was that this? That was 15 years ago. So yeah. now you don't yeah. need to sell that stuff out of your trunk. I That's mean, a good shoot, point. That'd yeah. be, but you'd be an idiot if you paid money for it. You get it free all over it in your pocket. So I have a question. Just Sure. So like Birdie has just turned nine and how do you have these conversations? Like he goes to friends' houses and plays video games and stuff like that. So what, like if there's someone out there who's like, I'm not sure if my child's viewed pornography, like what are you doing with Brody and what is your plan and what does that look like? I think just making it a safe place for him to talk about. And I think the way that you do that is obviously we've already had the conversation about porn with Brody. And I think the next step, and I don't know when that would be, would be just to to talk to him and be open and honest about how I've struggled with it. And, And to let him know that it is something that seems good but is bad and will lead to damage and destruction down the road. Because I think at this age, if you tell Brody that if you do this, it's going to cause damage and destruction. And that's a, that's a fine line too, because you know, you can't be legalistic in it because, you know, I think, think back to when I was growing up, you know, everything was off limits. So I think the biggest thing there is just to, you know, talk about how I've struggled with it and what it looks like as a warrior, a warrior in Christ, how you overcome that addiction. So what age do you think that is? Ish? Well, he's nine. I think right now, probably maybe really? a little bit older. What yeah. do you think, Jeff? I mean, we, we talked with the girl years ago who lost her virginity in fifth grade. Good. I, I viewed my first pornographic image when I was in fourth grade. A guy had a Playboy cut or cut out or cut the page out of a Playboy and folded it up and had it in his backpack. I can still sort of see the image. What I think is that that image. And, and that so speaks a lot to the power of that image. Absolutely. Men men are visual and we remember these things and um, they get locked down in the deep recesses of our mind. And, you know, we don't have sons, but we do have three daughters. And, you know, talking about sex was a was a tough deal um, to think that we needed to do it so young. But um, we I, I don't know. We in my mind, we can't we really can't talk to them like we're their parents. We have to talk to them like we're brothers and sisters in Christ. And, you know, there's struggles that we're just going to need to lock arms with and be accountable for each other and not just this, you know, because I told you not to do it. I told you not yeah. to do that type of stuff. That's what that's I was not trying gonna, to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just going along with that, just putting another spin on it with being a brother or a sister, you know, walking through this together. I, you know, you don't do that for all things, but I think for that, that's probably the best thing. I think that's good, too, because it allows us not to be fearful as parents because I am, I, when he goes to friends' houses, I don't have control of what they're showing him and what he's seeing. And so it really terrifies me when I think, sitting here and think about it, like, I don't, I don't know what they're doing. And so, um, of course we want to, they're at good homes and things like that, but that doesn't matter. You know, yeah. pornography definitely crosses the lines, of Christian homes. 
So I just. Well, and I don't want to cause more fear for you is that Brody's not the only one that you need to be cautious with and, and warn about those things because I was exposed to pornography young as well. And it, what it does, it just awakens a curiosity in these children. They don't know what they're curious about until somebody puts it in front of them. And like Jeff said, with that image, they don't know to watch out for it. And now it pops up easily. Yes. And so you can, you could start light and easy and just say, somebody's going to try and show you pictures of something. And you, at his age, you could say somebody's going to, you know, you might see a picture of a naked lady and he'll probably go gross. I don't want to see that. But it's okay to say this is something that at one point might be you're curious about. And so just know how to guard yourself about against it. But that's, that's hard. Good. That's good. Yeah. And just letting them know, hey, buddy, when you have questions, come to me. That's right. I want to talk to you about it. And I'll be completely honest and there will be no judgment. I'm so grateful for that, honestly, that you're willing to be honest with him. And so that he does have a safe place because we grew up with that because I told you so. You just don't do it yeah. because I said, and that doesn't do anything. You are not the only one. Your husband's not the only one. Um, you will get through it, but you have to choose to fight. Just like I said at the beginning, things are going to get hard in marriage. And it's like, are we going to throw our hands up and go, you're a nasty son? You know, it's like, no, you're going to say, I need time. And like even Brian, when we went through this last thing, he he asked me something and I said, I'm not comfortable with that. I'm sorry. I'm just not there. And that's okay. But he's also at a place where he respects me and he understands. And so we'll move forward. But I think it's really important to understand that if your husband is coming to you and he is vulnerable about this addiction, you have to understand that it's an addiction and we are all fallen and we are all broken and God wants to use it for our good, as crazy as that sounds, but he's not garbage. He's not, you know what I'm saying? Like we yeah. have to, we, that's the thing is like in these hard, difficult, crazy times, it's like we have to be able to accept something that our spouse says and not respond in complete hatred. You can be hurt and all that. I don't know. I just feel like, no, you're right. We have to have a safe you, space. And I know that's really hard because, you know, I, I probably, you know, I don't respond the best, but. Well, I think the antithesis to shame is forgiveness and shame. When you, when you pour shame on your spouse in these moments, it just begets more shame. And the only thing that actually the best thing for your spouse to walk out of the shame is forgiveness. And so first and foremost, we want to be very clear, like this can cause transference just because this is something we're saying a lot of men struggle with. Please don't assume that your husband is struggling in this area just because we're like a lot of men do. It's a conversation you guys need to have together. But if your husband decides to come to you in this or you've known about these things or you've caught him or whatever that looks like, it's going to be very hurtful. Know that, yes, it should be about you, but he's not doing it to hurt you. He's not choosing it over you he's caught in his own addiction and shame and the only way to walk out of that with him is through grace and forgiveness and pouring more shame and condemnation and guilt on that is only going to send him deep dark into that spiral and that and that shame cycle and it's going to be harder for him to walk out of and so that's what fighting fighting looks like but, but you do 
have a right to be disappointed. Absolutely. In your spouse and, and hurt, and you have a right. Yeah. Yes. I'm mad, you're, and you're allowed. You respond. You're allowed absolutely. to feel a hundred percent. Yes. And like Alyssa said, I I can't respond right now. I need to process this, and that's okay. And you need to go talk to somebody as well who can walk with you through it. Because you can't do it alone either. That will send you into your own little shame cycle for sure. Um, The views and opinions of this podcast may or may not be shared by those at Stonegate Fellowship. Bam! Was that good? That was great. Well done.